Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. So on the way over here, on NPR, I heard that TikTok says that Mean Girls are out and Mob Wives are in. Get the fuck out of here! But this is not a Zeitgeist podcast. This is Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast and... We get together every couple of weeks and we talk movies and stuff that we find interesting mm-hmm. in film and pop culture, television, what have you. And today we're doing a special episode that was recommended by our dearly departed Chelsea. I have a dry erase board in the house that I put down ideas for episodes on. The big board. It's not a big board. It's a small board. It's on the refrigerator. And one day she was over and she just simply wrote boobs. And I thought it was a joke. And I, I said, well, why, why'd you write that? And she said, oh, you should do an episode about boobs. I said, just boobs? She said, well, you know, nudity, uh, you know, people that you don't expect to be naked in film that you found surprising. And she, the example she always gave, and I agree, was uh, Julie Andrews' appearance mm-hmm. in SOB. It was a surprise. Son of a bitch. It was a surprise because we did not expect it. But... Uh, I'll take a pause there to say welcome to our guests. Uh, we're here with Todd. Todd, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me as always. And as you've heard, Travis is here. Hey, my tits are up here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were supposed to have been joined by Lee, but he had a conflict. So unfortunately, uh, our, Fucking guest, Lee. our guest Lee could not make it. So hopefully he'll be back on the show soon. He has expressed a great interest. Um, all right. So nudity. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's my yeah. favorite. I mean, it's, it's cool. Elegant in its simplicity. I dig it. I dig it. But uh, nudity and film, uh, they've been intertwined since the late 1890s uh, through uh, erotic and artistic uh, silent films. Dante's Inferno was the first of the non-erotic depictions of nudity. Uh, that was, of course, you know, the, the people writhing in pain from the hellfire. Right. You know, that was depicted in the early 1900s. You know, one thing about this episode that I, I think that I should mention is that we're kind of using our American sensibilities in this, our American puritanism. Right. Because it definitely colors how uh, nudity plays a role in film. We are more scandalized than our European counterparts. I don't know if you should say we, because those of us in the room I'm are speaking, kind of... Yes, I'm speaking uh, in general terms, obviously, yeah. because... Uh, Americans are not cool with naked shit until they are. Right. Outside of uh, nudie flicks and erotic shorts, nudity in film has largely been verboten and regulated uh, Mm -hmm. since the Hays Code in the mid-30s. From 1929 to 1934, you know, there were a couple of uh, nude scenes that were just incidental to the action. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, Sign of the Cross, Cleopatra, those three featured nudity. But then once the, the Hayes Code hit, then you started to have to look across the pond to see nudity in film. Unless Brigitte you were, Bardot. Unless you're going deep, deep underground. And then the other crazy offshoot of this is that educational films, and I'm using air quotes when I mm-hmm. say that, they were able to skirt the Hayes Code because suddenly there was this huge number of films being made about the nudist lifestyle. They're like... 20, nice. 30 movies that you can find easily about n- nudism. And that was just a way to get nudity on film and uh, get it in people's uh, possession. I'm told, and I've never uh, certified this myself, but I'm told that there's actually two nudist colonies on the coast of South Carolina. 
That wouldn't surprise me. Never been there. Never certified it. During the Hayes Code, uh, Marilyn Monroe, I think, was probably the first of our big stars to make uh, appear naked in film. Uh, we had the unfinished uh, movie, Something's Got to Give, and then there was the film Misfits. And then almost immediately after, you had Jane Mansfield appear topless yep. in the uh, the movie Promises, Promises. Mm-hmm. And since then, nudity has become more and more commonplace as we get into the late 60s, early 70s, and then, of course, where we are today, where nudity is just in... It happens, and it, it we have the MPAA's rating code system mm-hmm. to help regulate who sees these god-awful breasts. Sometimes <laughs> it seems like the nudity in film now is almost an afterthought. Mm-hmm. You know, it's incidental. Yeah, and we're mentioning boobs a lot on this mm-hmm. because we are... I really like boobs a lot. Oh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're heterosexual. <laughs> yeah, men, I like so boobs a lot. It does appeal to us. However, we should not omit uh, the male nude counterpart as well. That's mm-hmm. something that's a little bit less commonplace. I would say a lot yeah. less commonplace and in America. And when it film. happens, everybody's like, whoa! Yeah. Uh, we had that up that happened to us as a yeah. group just recently we were watching to live and die in LA yes and we had Gil Grissom from CSI yes. <laughs> walking around with a pretty chubby hard on yeah yeah he was he was ha- half masked yes you've got other guys like uh, Richard Gere in American Gigolo mm-hmm. Harvey Keitel twice mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ewan McGregor very famously uh, so naked one of those is the spotting. piano what's the other one bad lieutenant yes okay yes you know, Sarsgaard, Fassbender. I mean, yeah. these guys like the, to show off the schlong. The, and of course, Mark Wahlberg from... <laughs> the prosthetic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Baby this? elephant trunk. And then that brings us to like our modern era of, of, of how we get to these surprising, at least this is my opinion, how we mm-hmm. get into these surprising nudity situations. Uh, you have actresses and actors that are created and backed up by the studios and PR machines and media and today social media that create a public persona that, that we've come to expect, uh, whether it be wholesome, prudish, uh, or what have you. A lot of times you have these actors and actresses that make the decision, well, it's time for me to stop being that Disney kid actor mm-hmm. and I'm going to show my my, my tits. I'm not going to show you my Selena Gomez. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of where I took a lot of my inspiration from today in picking the films that I went after. I was looking for films from actresses specifically that kind of did have that either young acting upbringing or a, 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 an image of wholesomeness or, or being a little reserved and making that conscious decision to bear all for the sake of saying, I'm, I'm a woman now or whatever. So that's where I'm going. You're, <laughs> you going to pay the royalties on that one? Negative. That was one syllable. Yeah, I do actually think that uh, it hasn't been this scale where we're prude and then we're just on this ever uh, upward arc of being more progressive about this stuff because... It fluctuates. It does. And I think we're actually in another period where people are being a little bit more modest. You're having you know, the, the so-called PC culture where you're having not just with... Uh, types of things you're allowed to say but also with the you know the nudity and stuff gets scaled back a bit and then if you look at movies from uh, a movie like uh, revenge of the nerds for, for example the nudity the content you couldn't make that movie today right well uh, yeah they i mean looking back on that movie there's a lot of things that are controversial and there i mean and there are definitely some things that shouldn't be done like right. of course tricking the, someone into sleeping with you yeah but even the degree to which you see nudity and things like there are even films that had nudity in it that would be rated PG thirteen. 
um, Romeo and Juliet, for example, with uh, which so many Olivia people Hussey. saw in high. School I saw in high school. Class. Correct. You had I, we got the apparent teacher. And slips you know that that woman is suing the like production company now. In any case, though, there definitely do seem to be uh, you know the seventies seem to be kind of a heyday for this sort of stuff. Eighties um, saw a lot of it as well. And then you start, to me, it feels like it started getting scaled back a bit, particularly in the last 10 to 15 years. And the reason I think that we have that is because of the PG-13 rating being the popularity point for making money off of films. We right. The big... You can get the, the families in and almost, almost be R-rated, but not quite. Yeah, studios are more reluctant to push a lot of money behind an R-rated film because they know that the audience is smaller. And as a result, we get more PG-13 and PG films out in the open, which by result is means less nudity because of it's an easy way to skirt the, uh, the system. It's a lot easier to get away with showing people's heads exploding from gunshots mm-hmm. in yes. America than that, it is. That is a very poignant issue that you bring up oh yeah why is it cool to show violence and not to show you know the things that made all of us right the bosom of life yeah i mean i was thinking about that before the show i mean we all regardless of your sexual orientation had an affinity for a female nipple yeah no ingrained in our dna yeah whether or not you had a mother or or what have you that was just our drive i mean i breastfed well into middle school <laughs> yeah. thank you thank I, you I, I guess in america we prefer our, our sexualization on film to be metaphorical because our gun is our cock basically and in, in our oh sure uh, culture and in this our is movies. my rifle this is my gun yep. correct well then without further ado let's jump into some movies and All right. talk about what we've watched or what we would like to discuss um you go first me no yeah. no todd i want you to go first okay uh, i'm gonna start with a film from 1976 mm-hmm. and i actually saw this a couple years ago on shutter and so it may still be on there uh starring uh, a 13 year old jodie foster the name of the film oh. is the little girl who lives down the lane oh okay it's not even taxi driver no no okay. we're, we're, we're before this um, it also stars a young uh, Martin Sheen uh, before he was uh, mm-hmm. famous um, as uh, the heel in the movie, or so we think. But in any case, uh, this film is uh, directed by a Hungarian uh, gentleman named Nicholas Gessner. He didn't really do anything else uh, of note. He did What's some, the name uh, of the movie again? Uh, the Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. Okay. That's gotcha. the name of the film, right? It's a line from the nursery rhyme Baba Black Sheep. Oh, is it? Okay. Baba Black Sheep, Have You Any Wool? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full. Oh, okay. One for my master, one for my dame, one for the little girl who lives down the lane. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Thank you uh, for that addendum. Well, I just thought titles like this were kind of popular in the mid-70s. You had like The Last House on the Left, for example, or The House Down by the Park and movies like that. So anyway, that's what I was thinking, but that's actually, that works uh, for this movie. Uh, in any case, uh, Nicholas Gester was this Hungarian director. He uh, never really did anything else of note mostly Hungarian language films. And so the premise of this movie is that Jodie Foster lives in a house uh, with her uh, poet father. They have just moved to this town in Maine um, from England. 
so the Jodie Foster is home alone one day. Martin Sheen's character stops by, who is the son of the landlady there. Okay. And he is uh, becomes as the scene, this early scene progresses, very inappropriate with her. Inappropriately attracted towards yes, her. Yes, correct. Makes, but in, but but in a rapey. I mean, yeah, obviously it would be this way. way. Yes, even beyond just the fact that she's thirteen and he's you know in his twenties, kind of aggressively. Mm-hmm. A, a mean kind and like he's not trying to seduce her let me put it that and way and now the, the film came out in 73 you said 76 76 and is it uh in the setting is present day of the time yes okay, of the, so of the it's time correct. set in 76 mm-hmm. even more not cool <laughs> so what's the okay, uh, what's so, the so surprise nudity as the film okay so as the film progresses Jodie Foster we never see her dad who she's supposed to live with uh, the landlady shows up, starts snooping around. She goes into the cellar, sees something, and then gets killed. Okay. So we have some suspicion going on there. This cop starts snooping around, but he's like actually just trying to be friendly to Jodie Foster because she, you know, she tells him that her dad's upstairs and he's sick, this kind of thing. So she's just kind of being nice. He knows that Martin Sheen's character is a creep, etc. Okay. I had to set that up because uh, the nephew of the cop shows up to her rescue after this one instance when uh, Martin Sheen's character shows up to investigate why his mother, the landlady, is now missing. And why isn't why can't he talk to Jodie Foster's father? Mario comes in, the nephew, and kind of helps her out, saves her. And so then this leads to a scene where she quote-unquote thanks him. And in the scene, and I was very shocked when I saw this. I didn't know anything about the movie. All of a sudden, we see a, a bare ass. Uh, getting yes. on the bed, and we also see briefly the a side of the face, which for all the world seems like it's Jodie Foster. And I'm like, mm-hmm. holy shit! Like Jodie Foster was 13 in this movie, and here she is doing like a a, a nude sex scene basically with this uh, guy Mario. Um, now, after the movie was over, I did investigate, and there's an interesting story behind this. So body double, uh, it was, but here, but there's an interesting story behind this. So this was a French Canadian production. I don't know what the rules were back then. I guess they could legally get away with having a 13 because they, the director did want Jodie Foster herself to do this scene, uh, nude. Uh, she was going to walk off the stage. And so Jodie Foster's mother as a compromise offered up Jodie's 21 year old sister who, looks very similar to her, which is why when they do that little, where you see the glimpse of the side uh, face, uh, you buy it because do it's her sister. Do we know anything about her. her sister now? Her sister's name was Connie. I don't know. I mean, I don't know any other information about her. Didn't find out anything other than her mother, I guess was like, Hey Connie, you're 21. Why don't you? After that, uh, Jody <laughs> just absorbed her back into herself. Yeah. Basically. She's a cop in Alaska. Yeah. So, yes. Shut the fuck up. So this is a surprising scene, even though it turns out it wasn't actually Jodie Foster, because, you know, I was able to do research on the interwebs. Imagine in the 1970s. Oh, know, God. Yeah. You just assume it's Jodie Foster and sure. it's like extreme. And even even though we know now that it's uh, not Jodie Foster, it's mm-hmm. still a 13 year old character that uh, is performing a very frank sexual scene yep. with this uh, with this guy. So still, you know, questionable taste at best. Well, I um, think that qualifies as surprising. Yes, definitely. I'm going to go, I'm going to take a deep dive here. I'm going to go with like maybe the first time I ever saw nudity in a movie. Okay. And it was in, uh, Brian's going to love this. It was in Excalibur. The movie Excalibur. Great movie. The Arthurian 
film uh, with too many famous people. Helen name. Mirren's in it, right? Helen Mirren is very naked in there this movie. There we go. And she's fantastically hot. Oh, yes. Uh, there's some other nudity, but it's more uh, controversial because it's like rapey shit. Uh, but Helen Mirren is great in this. If you have not seen Excalibur and you're not um, familiar with the you know, the legend of the sword and Avalon and King Arthur and Lancelot and Guinevere and all of that. Uh, do yourself a favor and check out Excalibur. It's pure 80s. It's, Liam Neeson is yeah, in it. Yeah. And he's already 40 <laughs> in like 1985. Have you ever seen uh, Age of Consent with Helen Mirren and James Mason? No. It's, it's young Helen Mirren. I don't care for the title. Oh, it's is that the one where she's like nude on a beach or something? Yeah, like that? yeah. Okay. She's like an island girl in Australia, I... and she's uh, supposed to be underage, but mm. I think she's legally of age to be naked in a film. Right. All right, and so the next one, uh, the next one would probably be Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct. Sharon Stone does the uncrossing of the legs. Oh, sure, sure which yeah. is which is controversial about whether or not she was actually exposing any genitalia. But it was meant to be that Newman was seeing her vajayjay. Wayne Knight, yeah. Yeah, Wayne Knight. <laughs> also, I just love that movie. The first one, it's great. Sharon Stone, she's the fucking national treasure. Also, you know she's a certified genius. And she still looks great after having a stroke. Jean I had a Triple. stroke or two. To <laughs> Janine Triplehorn's kind of hot, too, in that movie. Yeah, we'll see she is. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well then, I'm going to go with my, my first film. Uh, this is from 1995. 95 was a year for a lot of squeaky clean girls to get bare ass. Uh, I think uh, Drew Barrymore around that time, mm-hmm. was, she did Poison Ivy. I think Alyssa Milano did Vampire's Kiss. Doesn't Molly Ringwald get topless in a movie? Here we go. I'm talking about Malicious, starring Molly Ringwald. Uh, Molly Ringwald was uh, squeaky clean, thanks to John Hughes films. Mm-hmm. And people just had a certain image of her that she wanted to break free of. And so she chose this vehicle, directed by Ian Corson. Trust me, you don't know this guy. Uh, also in the film is the actor John Vernon, uh, an older actor. Uh, that you, When you see his face, you're like, oh yeah, that guy. John Vernon. Yeah, sure. Hmm. It's corny as hell. Uh, It is about a med student who is also a minor league baseball player trying to break in the majors. Hmm. Happens to the best of us, right? He looks, the actor looks like a full-size Peter Dinklage. Whoa. (laughs) So I called him. So it's kind of the opposite of that guy that looked kind of like a a shrink-wrapped Hulk Hogan in uh, the the movie that I talked about. uh, So I do not disparage the Hulkster. He just (laughs) saved a girl from a car wreck. So I kept referring to this guy in my head as full-size Peter Dinklage. And he runs into Molly Ringwald at a party. She is a, an older med student. She's actually kind of like a teacher's assistant. Mm-hmm. And so she puts the moves on him, even though he has a she's girlfriend. An intern. Even though he has a girlfriend, she's very insistent that they hang out. She's like uh, his tutor. She's going to tutor him. And she invites him to a houseboat. To, I've to get a tutoring that session. Style of architecture. I mean, nothing could be more Skinamax 90s than this film. Uh, clearly, they're they're going to do it. And they do it on, on a boat. She ties him down, and it's Molly Ringwald on top. And so he doesn't actually have physical contact with her in the shot. It's just Molly Ringwald's breast kind of 
swinging mm-hmm. to and fro. And I'm like, well, that happened. It's uh, it's 24 minutes and 15 seconds into the film. Hmm. When does uh, Anthony Michael Hall join in? And he does not. He does not, unfortunately. But anyway, the the plot of the film, she becomes obsessive. This is so derivative of Basic Instinct. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, um um no no what's the Glenn Close movie? Oh, oh a fatal, fatal attraction. attraction. Very derivative of Fatal Attraction. Also, you see Glenn Close's boobies in Fatal Attraction. Although the, the, her boobs look mannish, she becomes very angular. <laughs> so Molly Ringwald becomes obsessed with this guy. She shows up and she she like pulls open her shirt and she has his name Doug tattooed on her on her chest. It's not a tattoo. It looks like somebody drew it with a pen. I laughed out loud. Someone because thing. someone in fact did draw it with a pen. So. Probably so. <laughs> she actually kills the girlfriend's uh, Peter Dinklage's girlfriend. She kills uh, the cat. And staples the cat up to her bathroom door. And I'm like, well, there's your fatal attraction. There's your moment. rabbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're totally rabbit. A little bit of single white female in there, too. Yeah. Yep. It's laughable. Uh, there's actual, she actually uses the uh, computer to do a web search. And it's the fake website, Enter News Search. That got a good chuckle out of Did me. she print it off is on it perforated pre, paper? Is it pre-Google? Uh, definitely. Pre-Google. Yeah, yeah, 95, sure. And then the final the finale of the film is so stupid. The girlfriend, they reconcile uh, her and full-size Peter Dinklage. Uh, she moves away to San Francisco because that's where she wants to be. And he's he, as soon as he graduates from med school, he's going to come up and see her. Well, she has a roommate in San Francisco. And uh, turns out it turns out to be Molly Ringwald. And she's Uh-oh. stalking the sister, uh, the sister, the girlfriend. And there's a big confrontation at the end it's stupid it's bad i shouldn't have taken so many notes it's god awful but uh anyway well fortunately for you i have zero notes <laughs> we'll, so. we'll speed right through this movie yes. you're just our a house expert on this yeah. topic so you yeah, don't yeah, need yeah, notes. yeah you're like rain man but so boobs. let's take a brief moment to talk about the different sizes and shapes of boobies <laughs> oh god we've got the ski slope mm-hmm. we've got the ghost nipple Torpedo Madonna. We've got the Torpedo Madonna. We've got the, um, as we were discussing earlier, the the sandbag. Yeah. The, um, you know, then we've just got the, the, the one that the underhang where you could like maybe in a movie you see the bottom of the boob. Oh, underboob. Yeah, underboob. Oh, underboob's mm-hmm. hot. Yeah, underboob is very hot. Um, Mosquito bites. Yeah, well, I mean, the pirate's delight, the sunken chest. The small perkies. Yeah, nothing wrong with any of them. I love them all. Short ones, little ones, fat ones, slim ones, soggy ones, dry ones, sandy ones. I think this was the original draft of uh, I Wish We All Could Be California Girls, if you see Brian Wilson's <laughs> yes. notes. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, Todd, you're up next. Okay. My next one is uh, a film from 2002 by the great director Alexander Payne, who mm-hmm. uh, I finally saw The Holdovers, which and? was fantastic. Oh, I love yes. it. Fantastic. Great movie. Um, also, you know, directed Election. He directed mm-hmm. uh, that was on the 1999 Sideways. episode Sideways, The Descendants. Uh, you know, classic after, you know, every four years, he's like the Olympics. He puts out yep. a classic movie. Okay. So uh, this one is from 2002, about Schmidt. <laughs> I know who you're oh, doing. Yes. Uh, starring uh, Jack Nicholson in a very atypical role for him. He's not manic, we were all crazy. Really Jack surprised Nicholson. to see Jack Nicholson's dick, especially when he pulled it out and <laughs> he said, "Here's Johnny." <laughs> Actually, uh, 
that was a, a scene that they deleted. He was just the old man at the gym uh, standing in front of his locker. And actually, that was <laughs> basically... The, balls just sitting there with his legs spread, just yeah. kind of looking across the room. Uh, dr- uh, air, air, eye yeah. contact. Yes. Yep. Uh, air drying his balls with the, uh, you know, the whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, he was that type of character, though, in this movie, even though we are joshing around, not his typical, very subdued Jack Nicholson, which you don't see him as. Probably one of his best performances. Anyway, he plays Warren, a, a life insurance salesman who is retiring, and his job at the life insurance uh, company that he worked for, Woodman of the World, was as an actuary, which if you don't know what that is, that's a risk assessment person. It's also a real company, right? I think so, Woodman, yeah. I've, I, I I've seen so, it on yeah. the way to the beach, mm-hmm. on the right as you go to the beach. And uh, they yeah, uh, the little A-frame, yeah. Woodman of the World. And they, uh, the t-ball team that I played on as a kid, I think they sponsored us. We had the W-O-W shirts. You wow, still have the shirt? Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom might have them, but anyway. The job, of course, becomes a symbol for this guy, though, because he's a guy that plays it safe his whole life, etc. He retires. Um, he doesn't really want to retire. They kind of forced him out. Uh, one day he goes to his job uh, because he doesn't have anything else to do, ostensibly to help the guy who's replaced him, etc. In addition to this, uh, his wife uh, drops dead while vacuuming. Uh, oh, his wife, Helen. No, that sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so now this guy, who is a very much a Ward Cleaver type, uh, has to take care of himself, which he can't do. Uh, it becomes very gross in his house, uh, like you know he's you know living in a dorm room or something in his twenties. His uh, daughter Jeannie shows up, sees him living in squalor, is upset about it, encourages him to come visit her for her wedding. She's getting married out in Colorado somewhere. Red Jack, rocks. Yep. Jack Nicholson's uh, character uh, had bought this um, uh, RV that he and his wife were supposed to travel mm-hmm. around the country in. Is it a Winnebago? A Winnebago, yes. And he uh, doesn't give it back. And so it's funny, like there are scenes before he decides to travel to Colorado where he's just driving to the grocery store yeah. in, in his Winnie, driving around town, etc. He does not care for his uh, daughter's um, fiance, played by Dermot Mulroney. Uh, Dermot Mulroney. Yeah. You would, if you don't recognize Not that name, to be you know this guy. Dylan Dylan Dermot. Dermot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, long story short, he travels down to uh, get go to his daughter's wedding. Stays with the in-laws, one of whom is played by Kathy Bates. She plays the mother of the fiance. You don't. And this say. is where our surprise, <laughs> shocking nudity comes in because. Uh, if you know Kathy Bates uh, from Misery, uh, you know, Fry Green Tomatoes, etc. Yes. Um, not someone who you'd expect to have a nude scene in a film. And yet uh, her character is very much a free love type of woman. And there's a scene in a hot tub where Warren gets into the hot tub. And uh, Kathy Bates uh, just very nonchalantly drops trowel. Mm-hmm. And we get uh, the full Monty, the full picture of uh, Miss Kathy Bates. Full full frontal you can't really see the bottom part because because of the stump the suds but anyway not to get too graphic but uh you know not a scene that i was expecting to see you're blushing Um, a little bit i know i guess i kind of am so modest that's that that puritanism uh that uh you spoke of i do have a great my great grandfather was a pastor uh, how would you rate your experience of seeing kathy bates nude was it misery (laughs) <laughs> at first it was shocking yes. but then after a little while it kind of grew on me <laughs> that was a good one man. Uh, but yes that was, i definitely remember being shot at the time uh that i saw it uh done for laughs of course but uh that's my second hey, it was effective and, and very effective still talk yeah. about it right yep uh we, we were just throwing around ideas for this episode she came up 
multiple times. Right. right. Mm-hmm. It is. She's on the list. Yes. She's on the list. That's a good time for us to go pee in the yard, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some Mounds bars. <laughs> nice. nice. Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. We promise to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, your sweet tooth. So visit our refreshment center now. Let's go. Welcome back from the break. Uh, we peed in the yard. Actually, Todd and I did. You just sat there and coughed. Yeah, I was just, uh, you know, taking in the moment. Thank you. I peed earlier, so I'm good. Gotcha. Okay. Well, what do we like to do when we come back from break? It's a beer check-in. Got some beers. We got some beers. Uh, earlier, we were drinking uh, Hearts and Arrows by mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln and South down in Beaufort. South Carolina. And uh, Todd, you've been drinking a great beer. Uh, yes. Uh, the Donut Stout from Burial from skillet. Asheville, North, North Carolina. So, um, skillet like a pan? Yeah, like a, like an old-fashioned cast iron skillet. Where you're frying up your donuts? This was their original, one of their original beers when they first opened, when they had that little closet of a brewery. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. Was, I saw a groundhog there. Speaking of, uh, we're going we're gonna to get an early spring. That's what that's what Phil says. I'm so it's a it's a dark beer. What it, what else? It's a stout. It's just so it's donut a donut stout. It's a donut stout. So yep. it's got some sweetness to it, but I consider it to be a very well balanced exemplary beer. Right. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. Quite tasty. Oh my god! It's eight percent, and uh, worth every bit. <laughs> really good. Mm. All right. So where do we leave off? I believe. Uh, Travis, I'm up. Travis, you wanted to talk about some movies. All right. So we're going to fast forward in my, um, you know, my career of having an affinity for <laughs> boobs in movies. I and wish you could get paid for that. I, man, I would be so wealthy. I'd pay off all y'all's mortgages. I'd just be like, look at all my shit. <laughs> we're fast forwarding to, I'm going to say... 1997 and I think that's the year that Showgirls came out 1997 95 no well this is when it came out on video and we talking Showgirls yeah Showgirls oh shit man so I happened to be home alone just like Kevin McAllister yeah and I decided that I was going to drive my uh, my hatchback into town to go to the Blockbuster and rent Showgirls because my parents were out of town. In fact, my father was driving my mother to the airport to fly to Oregon to visit her family. And on the way to rent Showgirls, I got involved in an automobile accident. So I'm coming around a corner. I may be doing like 38. It has rained. The road's a little slick. I see an object in the road, right? And so I swerve to miss it, but I overcorrect. And I roll into an embankment. Or, sorry, into a ditch with like trees. So anyway, by the time my car stops moving, 
the car is facing the opposite direction, it's upside down, and I am hanging upside down in the seat, suspended by my seatbelt. Didn't get a scratch on me, but there was glass in my pockets from the windshield. In the pockets of my pants, there was mm. glass. So, I cussed a lot. I was like, Rah! I can't believe this happened. And then got a tow, had to call the cops because I was an upstanding citizen. I was like, oh, you better report this to the police. And they came. They were like, well, we're going to. We're going to write you a ticket for, you know, contributing to an accident or something like that. Even though I was the only car involved, got the car towed, had a very long discussion with my dad, John, about uh, reckless driving. But I wasn't even reckless driving. I, I just took the curve a little bit too fast. But that is what a young man will do for some titties. <laughs> now... Elizabeth Berkeley yes. was in this movie famously, and she, um, as we all know, endeared herself to us in the uh, sitcom Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell, got a house by the Bayside. Jesse and Spano, yes, Jesse Spano, and so like, it's kind of like when the girl next door decides that she's going to flash you on the bus. Or Absolutely, something, you know, it was a big so deal. It was worth it. For me to wreck my car to go to Blockbuster to try to get that movie. Still didn't get it. And in fact, to this day, I've never seen it. Oh, good. Really? Okay. Well, Red Letter Media just recently posted a review of this. And uh, it's it's kind of developed a cult following. Yes. When it came out, it was panned by critics. Oh, yeah. Um, We're talking raspberries. Very much so. And on the other hand, if you look at it as kind of a satirical piece. Mm-hmm. It actually has a lot of value. Yep. But uh, which I think, if you know the the filmography of uh, Paul uh, Verhoeven, who Paul Verhoeven, yeah, Verhoeven, he, he also that's, wrote that's Basic the, Instinct and Sliver, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, RoboCop, written yeah. by Joe Westerhouse. Yeah. And so the the people behind those two it, should never have stopped collaborating. Yeah. Exactly. Oof. All right, so my film is going to be from 2001, starring one of your favorite actresses, mm-hmm. and she decided to get very naked in yes. the film. It's Prozac Nation. Rosario Dawson? No, Sorry. Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Yes. It's directed by Eric Skolgeberg, who didn't do much of anything else, and it's got uh, Christina Ricci, uh, the, uh, the the Reese Myers actor, um, He's His in name it. is Jonathan Reese Myers. Yes, uh, uh, Jessica Lange is in it, and hey, uh, Jason Biggs and Michelle Williams. Great cast, terrible movie, yeah, horribly written. And before I get into the the nudity of it all, um, it's based on the very great selling, best selling book Prozac Nation, mm-hmm. uh, written by Elizabeth Wurzel, and it's supposed to be uh, autobiographical. And I've known lots of writers. I know a writer who gets paid to write books and mm-hmm. stories, our friend Joey. I've never met a writer who talks about themselves like Elizabeth talks about herself in this movie. Okay. I found this movie to be so extremely vapid and just self-indulgent. And the writing itself was poor. It was terrible. It's some of the worst 
writing I've ever heard in a film. And yet it's supposed to be about a writer. It's set in the mid 80s. I did not know this until very late in the film when they showed the space shuttle Challenger explosion. Was it hotter than a set of twin babies? <laughs> I When they showed the Challenger footage in mm-hmm. real time, I said, oh, this movie's set in the 80s. I would not have known that. Otherwise? Because the costumes were wrong. The costumes were yeah. late 80s, which late 80s, early 2000s clothing weren't too far apart from one another. Um, did you get a second opinion on this? Yes, I did, actually. Yeah. I consulted my expert. Outside of the, all of that, um, you know, I always liked Jessica Lange, but I did come to a realization that Jessica Lange has a move that she makes when she cries in films. It's the snot move. Most actresses will, will rely on the tears. Jessica Lange leans into the snot. She'll, I can't she, believe you're even what she does. This, saying this, that watch, watch a Jessica Lange film. She wipes her nose low and smears the snot across her upper lip. Okay. So the camera lights, the camera can pick up the lights glinting off the snot. And then when she brings her hand back up, she pokes herself in both <laughs> eyes. <laughs> but uh, seriously, and I was like, wow, I did not notice that until just now that that is the Jessica Lane cry is to just hmm. wipe that snot everywhere and get it all gross looking. It's her thing. Anyway, okay. to the point of the episode, Christina Ricci, child actress, Adam's family. I feel like she was naked before this. No. This is her first nudity? 2001, she would have been... Because she's been naked quite a bit. She would have been 21 years old. Okay. When did Black Snake Moan come out? That later. After. after. Later. Yep. And then um, <clears throat> there was a there was a TV miniseries she was on where she got very naked. Uh, the Story of Everything or something like that. Well, to the film's discredit, they, uh, they basically blew their load too early. Four minutes and 30 seconds into the film, Jessica Lange walks into Christina Ricci's room and the camera pans around from the back. She's sitting naked on her bed mm-hmm. and the camera pans around and gets you a full side boob, mm. full boob, pulls back and her legs are off to the side, but you get a little bit of bush peeking out of the top. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is, uh, that's, that's bold. That's bold I would rather your... you did not like put your hand on your own crotch oh, yeah, when you're talking baby, about yeah. a little bit of bush. And that's it. That's all we, that's all we get at Christina Ricci. But I mean, Hey, you know, coming out of the gate Worth strong. It. Yeah. I mean, she's I, amazing. I, I love her so much. Aesthetically. I find her breast to be very appealing. Did you know that she's born on the same day of the year as me? Yes. I know that you are, yeah. uh, you were birthday twins. But uh, the movie itself sucks. Okay. Uh, I guess if you're in it for the boobs, then hey, four minutes and 30 seconds and you're done. Yeah. Nah. Nah. All right, Toddly, you're up. All right, this was a movie that actually came out last year and I believe is now available on Netflix uh, starring Jennifer Lawrence. It, uh, the movie's called No Hard Feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this isn't necessarily surprising because it's Jennifer a Lawrence comedy. Gets, yeah. It's not necessarily surprising because she gets naked because she had had one She's other done movie in uh, Red, Red Sparrow. Sparrow. Correct. It's the way that it happens in the film. Mm-hmm. So the, the, this movie, the premise is it's it's supposed to be like a Farrelly Brothers movie. Yeah, like a gross out type comedy. Um, but there's some underhanded fucking shit that goes down. Yep. This uh, 19, 18, 19 year old kid's parents, one of who is the father, is played by Matthew Broderick. Yep. Um, 
they put an ad in a paper offering a car to someone who will pretend to date and basically sleep with their son because he is very socially awkward. He's never had a girlfriend. And before he goes to college, his parents want him to have some experience. Uh, it's you real know. fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is a great way to cure incels. <laughs> We're hiring somebody to give you the poontang. Exactly. So Jennifer Lawrence's character needs uh, has recently lost her car. Um, she's kind of a female gigolo, if you will. Uh, runs through guys, won't commit to anyone. She answers this ad's willing to do it. And that's I don't think she's a gigolo because a gigolo implies prostitution. Well, that's kind of, actually though they joke about that in the movie. That's one of the jokes of the okay. movie is her friends will say to her, "So you're being a prostitute?" No, I'm not. You know. But before that, I would yeah. classify mm-hmm. or qualify her as a gigolo. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, no, no. Yeah, she is in the movie. One of the early scenes where she loses her car, it sets up why she needs a car is um, she, an ex-boyfriend is shows up to tow her car away mm-hmm. and um, she's trying to talk to him and then a, another guy comes out of the room. And, You're right. So she's promiscuous, but is it mm-hmm. all, is it implicit that she's getting money for? No, 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 no not, not in those cases. Okay. In this case though, this is a transaction where she is getting a car and the expectation is, which is, uh, prostitution. yeah, they, they make a, they make a joke about it. Yeah. Cause they're like, she's like, do you want me to date him or do you want me to date him? And then they confirm for the listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Todd, Todd, did a, Todd did a hip thrust. I did a hip thrust uh, <laughs> that I learned glitch. from kindergarten cop. Um, <laughs> boys have a penis, girls have a vagina and the, the hip yeah. thrust. Uh, anyway, uh, which is, also part of this episode. Yeah. Anyway, so so that's boys do have a penis and girls do have a vagina. Correct. So the 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 surprise nudity comes in during one scene. So there's a lot of shenanigans uh, uh, here where you know because you know Jennifer Lawrence is trying to make quick work, get this kid into bed or whatever, but he's awkward. He's he sprays her in the face with mace and mm-hmm. one scene this kind of stuff. So now they're on the beach and he uh, she gets uh, convinces him to go skinny dipping in right. the ocean. While they are skinny dipping in the ocean... Bullies. Yes. Bullies, uh, drunk kids come by and, uh, as a joke, try to make off with their clothes. Jennifer Lawrence... It is hilarious, though. Yeah. So to j- take the clothes of people who are skinny dipping. Yep. To be fair, it's hilarious. It are you is. speaking from experience? I'm just saying. <laughs> so I had a dream the other night. I was walking around with a t-shirt long enough just barely to cover my balls. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Jennifer Lawrence, when she sees this, is angry, and co- as one would be, and comes storming out of the ocean, completely nude. They show full frontal yeah. nudity. But uh, it's aggressive. Bush. We got some bush she's here showing. attacking aggressive. Them. And then she gets into a fight with them, mm-hmm. and she's fighting with these characters in the nude. While uh, fully naked. And there's no. And so I read about this. Uh, there was no stunt W. She's no. doing all. It she, was and she, all AI. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no stunt, no doubles used either for the nudity or mm-hmm. for the fighting or anything. Apparently, she did it all, and so I uh, was not expecting that. Kind of was like, oh wow, she's okay. So for this, because you're in a comedy like that, you're not expecting yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Okay, I'm gonna. You're expecting an Academy Award winning actress to save that for artistic, maybe you know, maybe do a scenes. arm across the nipples. Yes, yeah, I would something have expected like Jennifer Lawrence to go nude in like the sequel to Devil's Bone. Yeah. Death right boner <laughs> it's um, more bone than the first one yep it's yep. boner 
Yep. So, so yeah, pretty surprising. Unfortunately, the rest of the movie, that was the one chance they took. They wanted to be a Farrelly Brothers movie. That's why Jennifer Lawrence did it, if you watch uh, okay. interviews with her. Um, but they don't really take any chances after that, which goes back to my earlier point about how movies now, like, the kinds of jokes that they made in there, something about Mary, for example, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it would be hard to do now. Probably couldn't do. Remember Matt Dillon using the oh, yeah. R word? Uh, to describe, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, brother of uh, the the uh, mentally challenged brother of Cameron Mary, Diaz yeah. and things like that. So uh, they they they, they didn't have the guts to go that far. Franks other than below that. the beans, yes. <laughs> More surprising nudity, although it wasn't famous people. But yeah, the Frank or, or uh, yeah, that was a a great scene too with mm-hmm. um with Ben Stiller. Yeah. Anyway, so it's kind of a mediocre film, but that was the one like chance they took. It paid off pretty well because I was pretty shocked. Word. And by shocked, you mean turned on. That too. Shocked on. All right, Travis, hit us with some other nuggets of wisdom. All right, so I'm going to have to go with my girl, Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe is the female lead from Last of the Mohicans. It's probably her most well-known film. But she was in a couple of bangers in the 90s. One was called uh, Unlawful Entry where really Ray Liotta was bad Lieutenant. Okay. Gotcha. And she's married to Kurt Russell. And I think she's married to Kurt Russell. Yeah. Thinks. Yeah. And so like, there's a, there's a scene where she's a cowgirl and looks great. Really nice. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's another movie that she did. I guess this is the point where I should tell the listener that Travis is pantsless. (laughs) <laughs> called China Moon. <laughs> All right, so here's my issue. <laughs> Are these really surprising, or you just want to talk about them? Yeah, he just wants to talk about them. It's fine. We're letting him roll with it. Let's go. So, China Moon, titties look great. Unlawful entry, titties look great. Same position. She's upright. Her nipples look way different in both movies. Oh, why? In one of them, they're brown. And in one of them, they're like a rosy, like dark pink. And I I don't know if it was the lighting or what, but it's bothered me for fucking 35 (laughs) years. You don't want to admit to yourself what might actually be the case, body which double. was that body double. I don't think so. I okay. would never okay. I would Just... never think that Madeline Stowe would deny us the pleasure of her mammography. <laughs> Travis has watched them frame by frame. Mm-hmm. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. <laughs> All right, so There's my... a second titty on the grassy knoll. <laughs> yeah. All right, my last film is going to be from 2005. And it stars an actress that I was surprised appeared nude, but I guess I've, I had heard, I guess, that she had. However, this movie is sandwiched between two very uh, typical roles for her, uh, The Princess Diaries, and and uh, Hathaway and the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, it's the film Havoc. Yeah, where she gets railed and it's starring Anne Hathaway, Bijou Phillips, which we've talked about recently. Yes, um, it's got Michael Bean playing her father, uh, Joey Mr. Gord- Bean. No, Michael Bean uh, from uh, Terminator and Aliens. So his full name is Mister Mister Michael Michael Bean. Bean. Uh, Joey Gordy Levi's. JGL. It's got Laura uh, San Giacomo. 
Giacomo Cioli. Uh Channing Tatum plays a very small role. Uh, Freddie Rodriguez is one of the Latino gangbangers, as well as uh, Ray Cruz. You're not allowed to say that. Latino gangbangers? Yeah, you can't say gangbangers. Why not? Because it's a double entendre. They were in a gang and they were violent. And they were banging. (laughs) But a gangbang is a completely different thing. Well, have you seen this film? No. Okay, well then I'll get to that point. Uh, And then uh, Ray Cruz, who played Tuco in uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, yes, yes. So you've got a bunch of kids who go to school in the Palisades in California, and they are obsessed with Afro-American culture. The Pacific Palisades? Yes. And so they're all about hip-hop culture and emulating uh, African-Americans that they see on television and they hear in in rap music, even though these are the whitest kids you know. And Joey Gordy Levi's does the best job. He is completely committed to this role. But they are completely fake i mean you know these kids are very well taken care of even even the african-american kids in the school look rich what is this movie havoc havoc and in their obsession with this uh hip-hop culture the uh anne hathaway bijou phillips uh i i didn't list the actor who plays the boyfriend of, of anne hathaway and then joey gordy levi's they decided to go to east l.a and go get go buy drugs from the Mexicans, and mm-hmm. that's borrowing from the film. And so they come across uh, Freddie Rodriguez and Ray Cruz's characters, and they kind of have a little bit of a conflict with them while they're buying the drugs from them. And then later in the film, Anne Hathaway and Bijou Phillips and their two other girl friends go back out to East L.A. to meet up with Freddie Rodriguez and go to one of these parties that they have out on the streets. And apparently, Ad Hathaway has a shine to the Freddie Rodriguez. Right. So, um, early in the film, eight minutes twenty four seconds in, Anne Hathaway's tits. Boom. So it's another early, early booby. Early booby, and then thirty four minutes in, there's a guy. I'm sorry, I should back up. There's a guy who like loves videotaping all of his friends. Like he's a do- uh, wannabe. Of course, docu- he does. He's a documentarian. And this movie became Cloverfield. He wants to be a documentarian and uh, he's hanging out with Anne Hathaway talking about how, why is she so obsessed with this hip hop culture? Because it's not who she is, blah, blah, blah. And she's like lying on a table with her shirt open and her little nips kind of poking mm-hmm. out from her bra. And he's like, uh, you need to cover yourself up. I'm like, Oh, son. <laughs> anyway, that happened at 34 minutes. And then one hour, one minute in, we've got full-blown Anne Hathaway tits again. They end up at the uh, gangbangers, I'm using it now, party because uh, they're at a, at a hotel room, hotel, motel room. Um, and they're drinking and having fun with, with Freddie Rodriguez and, and Ray Cruz and all of their friends. And it's, it's Anne and Bijou Phillips. And you get to see Bijou Phillips' boobs as well, but I mean, why are you saying Bijou? Her name is Bayou. It's Bijou. I well, I think that she's born on the Bayou. Anyway, uh, the the gangbangers say, you know, we need we want to play a game. You roll dice, and the number that comes up is how many of us you have to fuck. No, that's a that's a bad game. So Anne Hathaway don't play that. Anne Hathaway game. rolls a one, and she picks uh, uh, the guy she likes. She was very lucky. And Bijou rolls three, and for Ray Cruz goes in. This other guy goes in. They go at her at the same time. What? And then and then, then Anne kind of gets cold feet and backs out. And then so uh, yeah, and so Freddie decides to jump in too. So she has all three at once, and it becomes a rape situation. 
And then it kind of takes a nasty turn. Mm. Yes. I'm realizing now that I've never seen this movie. I've only seen her naked in this movie. Okay. Uh, to her credit, she looks phenomenal. Uh, it's not the most pleasant movie to watch. I don't really care for it that much. It is directed by Barbara Koppel, who directed the great documentary from the 70s, Harlan County, Harlan USA. County, USA is fantastic. Yeah. And that surprised the fuck out of me. I feel me. like I've seen that. It's one of the best documentaries ever made. Oh my god! god about I one of the worst parts of the country and the worst. You will never forget. Uh, yeah, th- th- there's a war going on between uh, the scabs and the. Oh yeah. Uh, pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll never forget the wail of a mama in one scene at the funeral of her murdered at one of these uh, um, fights between the scabs and whatnot. Anyway. So we have a few minutes to talk about uh, other boobs. It's your, it's your some honorable the, the, mentions. The, the floor is yours. Actually, can I can I go with one real quick yeah. uh, that I just uh, thought of? Uh, uh, the Gift, a movie. Yes. Uh, Bobby, a uh, Billy Bob Katie Thornton. Katie Holmes. Yes, Katie Holmes, America's sweetheart. She's uh, you know, mm-hmm. if, like me, you watched Dawson's Creek back yep. in the day. Um, you know, Dawson's Rosario next door Dawson's neighbor, Creek. the girl, ne- <laughs> the, the girl next door, and she lifts up her. Shirt and there they All are. Right, I see your Katie Holmes, and I'm gonna go with Salma Hayek in Desperado. Ooh. Now, granted, she wasn't totally naked though. Yeah, she showed her titties. Did she? Hardcore, dude. You don't believe me? It's been me? ages since I've seen it. I thought you she don't was believe? Still, I thought she was still dressed no. before she turned no. into the demon. Okay. No. Oh yeah, I do remember that from yeah, uh, back a, in the. There's a full-on sex scene with her and Antonio Banderas. And then, of course, I'm surprised you've not mentioned Halle Berry and Swordfish. Well, that was just a uh, oh, and then suggestion with... for the for the episode. Well, no, well, I think, I, I think I, I it's not it one be... of my favorites, but I do like. Did her. Monsters Ball come out before? After, uh, after. way after. after. And, and and the thing about Swordfish though that was surprising is because there was no preamble, there was no build up, and it was purely incidental. She just happened to be topless sunbathing. Well, she she and joked I about have... it too, the, about the money she got for that uh, that she you know. Twenty-five I have million for each an move or something. Analog to that. All right, so Halle Berry in that movie—it's <laughs> almost identical to the way Rene Russo just randomly shows her tits in the Thomas Crown Affair. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention, and I'm actually going to quote a different movie, Scream, in mentioning this. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee didn't go legits till she showed her tits in uh, <laughs> Trading Places. Trading yeah. Places. It's a body switch movie. Yeah. Body uh, switch movies. We should Have we ever done that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. If, uh, for those, uh, surely uh, most uh, of our audience probably remembers the film uh, d- directed by John Landis uh, with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy, where uh, Eddie Murphy uh, is a homeless guy. Yep. Dan Aykroyd, a rich guy, and uh, these evil millionaires slash billionaires make a bet about whether One or not they can... One of them played can, by uh, Don Amici. Yeah. They make a bet about whether or not they can... Uh, that Whether it's... Um, uh, Genetic or um, or or socialized it's nature in terms versus of, nurture. That there you go. Fuck John Landis. Yeah. Fuck John Landis and <laughs> fuck, fuck these fucking rich murderer dudes for doing a human social experiment will, about nature will, versus I will, I will, nurture. I will fight John Landis. And their death. their whole thing was like black guy, white guy, nature, nurture. You know. Yep. yep. 
Anyway, that's that, that's the film if you want to see it. But Jamie Lee in one scene, she plays a hooker uh, who Sex is, is supposed to set up Dan Aykroyd's character to help his demise. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a scene where she just, you know, is talking to Dan Aykroyd. The point takes her top of this off. movie is never trust anyone. Don't trust any motherfucker. Including your co- close confidants. Indeed. All right. So what about Melanie Griffith in that movie with Paul Newman? Where she, in fact, she shows her tits in two movies, co-starring with Paul Paul Newman. Oh, oh, that movie uh, Bound with uh, Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon. Yeah, we got that. But see, I didn't consider that surprising because I've lost the thread of surprising. Yeah, I was about to say talking about about nudity. Nudity now. (laughs) I mean, Body Double was great with Melanie Griffith, and it's also very meta. It was meta. The idea of body double in in the fact that in the industry a of cinema... You have stand-ins for nudity. They yes. have body doubles. And there was a movie called Body Double that made its way into this episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, you guys, look at the stars. <laughs> you know, see those constellations. <laughs> now are we done with nudity? I think so. We're never done with nudity. We're done with I, the episode. So right now, all of us and everybody else in the world is completely naked under their clothes. <laughs> That's generally the way it works. That's yeah. exactly true. Love it. Oh, boy. We've got some fun episodes coming up. I think we're going to do the watch party next. Which with, one? With that Dolph Lundgren directed, written, starred vanity project. Wanted Man? Yes. You, with, had I me would, at, you had me at Dolph. With Kelsey Grammer. We Oof. need to we need to tie that into the beekeeper thing. <laughs> the beekeeper is crazy. I need to watch the beekeeper. Can it possibly live up to the Michael Flatley? No, no, no. It, this will be no Blackbird, but uh, I'm Blackbird sure... is on a god tier. Yeah, it's crazy. But I, I saw this one pop up, and I said, "Yeah, I want to see Kelsey Grammer in a border dispute." What the fuck? Come on. So yeah, we'll come back with a with a watch party pretty soon. I think. Uh, We'll be recovered from the Super Bowl coming up next week. We got a we got some fun times coming up there. Mm. We'll do the watch party and we'll be back with that and some other shit. In the meantime, please uh, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends and family about us, and get them to love us, like us, and all that good shit. Cinema Chop Shop on most platforms except for YouTube. We're Cinema We're- Chop Shop Podcast, right? Where you can listen to an audio presentation of this podcast and watch a still shot of uh, the artwork or something yeah see if we had been on youtube they could have seen uh sean rub his balls when he was describing one scene and you pantsless travis yeah yeah well anyway people would have seen my goat legs i'm a cryptid (laughs) we'll be back and until then please remember to watch chop retrofit and motorboat (laughs) 